Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for jumping on board, Robert, along with my co-host, R.G. Seal. And R.G., I saw an Astros fan who planted a flag at Mount Everest Base Camp in full Astros gear. Man, I thought for sure you'd be the first to do that. <laughs> well, uh, maybe on the moon. I just saw the Apollo 11 documentary, and I saw like when uh, Neil Armstrong puts the, the plants the U.S. flag uh, on the moon. So, uh, you know, that would be good as well to have it. Hey, maybe uh, when they finally do the voyage to Mars too, have an Astros flag there, pennant waving. Remember when they all had everybody dressed up all the, uh, was it, they had concessionaires or something like that dressed up in astronaut uniforms, no old Astros days in the dome. <laughs> oh, right, right. In the spacesuits. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, to take you into the future there. You felt like you were going into space when the Astrodome first opened. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, now uh, we've got to talk about what's going on with the Astros. And I guess the, it was sort of big news that Martin Maldonado and Scott Boris kind of blew this thing with the Astros because the Astros reportedly were offering two years, $12 million. And you tell me if I'm getting any of this wrong. He ends up with the Royals for two years $4 million. Yeah, that's the same report that I, I read as well. Uh, was it from Ken Rosenthal? Anyway, it was one of the uh, uh, baseball writers. And, and, and they said that, you know, the Astros, yeah, they wanted to offer. That was what was being talked about. But then decided to go in a different direction. They signed Robinson Chirinos when Ma- Martin Malinao's Scott Boris's camp didn't get back to him. We know that Boris likes to take his time, but he does have a good relationship with the Astros too. Remember, Jose Altuve switched over his agent to Scott Boris. They had the long-term contract last year. It's just one of those things, I think, that with the Astros, they were when they were looking at Martin Maldonado, that they wanted to be able to, you know, move quickly if he wasn't going to accept it. You know, it again in today's baseball and today's baseball free agency, you assign a value to a player, you give them a certain amount of time, or you have these discussions. If they're not jumping on it, or they want to do something different, or take a longer period of time, the organization has the right to say, "Hey, we we'll go on with our plan B, C, and D." They don't just start off the offseason and say, our goal is to sign Martin Maldonado and we'll just wait it out. They have other options, and that's what the Astros did. They went and explored their other options. They signed Robinson Chirinos, and then now they have their two catchers uh, to start the season, Chirinos and Stasi. The money was pretty similar, I think. Chirinos got about $6 million. It's only a one-year deal. Do you like having Chirinos over Maldonado for the same amount of money or – you know, if that was the case, I'm I'm a defensive guy, so I prefer like a Maldonado for because he's a Gold Glove catcher. I know he had those pass balls. And everybody was saying the postseason. Oh my gosh, you know this guy. What are you talking about? A good defensive catcher, but he's a, he, he was a Gold Glove catcher. He's great, you know, as far as like working with the staffs and throwing out runners and you know a good pitch framer. While Robertson Chernos remembers had the problems with, uh, you know, he's not one of the better pitch framers. The Astros have had to work with him on that. Hasn't been able to throw out as many runners, but he gives you the offense. He gives you the pop that the Astros have been lacking. He had 18 home runs last season, Chirinos did. So uh, remember when uh, Brian McCann gave the Astros that that home run thump in the lineup in 2017? J- Jeff Jeff Luna wanted to uh, you know extend the lineup there. And if Stassi you know, is a good complimentary catcher, he can be the backup to uh, Robinson Chirinos. And, and then if that doesn't work out or one of these guys, that's another thing we've talked about. You know, Jeff Luno can assess during the season, hey, what catchers are available out there like they did last year when they went and inquired because they knew they would be facing the Red Sox and, you know, they'd be difficult on the, the base pass or team like that potentially in the playoffs. And they wanted to have a strong catcher for it. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see as the season develops. But that's 
kind of the Astros reacting to what the market is is doing. And, uh, you know, again, we'll see what happens as the season progresses at the catcher position. Last week, we talked about Francis Martez and said, oh, well, maybe he could help out middle relief later in the season. He's got the great arm and everything like that. Well, he decided he was going to follow in a recent tradition of Astros pitchers suspended for PEDs or drug-related issues. Forrest Whitley, Dean Dietz, David Paulino, Brendan McCurry. Am I missing anybody, RG? Yeah, but that's not a good tradition to have. <laughs> you want to <laughs> ditch that one. You don't, you like, I like that tradition as much as you like the going back to the uh, orange knees or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I just see it's disappointing because Francis Martez, remember a couple of years ago, I mean, he was the talk of, oh, Francis Martez, he's the Astros, you know, number one pitching prospect. And, you know, he's he's a guy that can come in and be a, a starter in the rotation. And that's, again, why with prospects, you just never know. We've seen it with Francis Martez here so far. He had the Tommy John surgery. Now he's been suspended. Is he ever going to amount to anything coming off a of Tom, Tommy John surgery, as, at least with the Astros? I mean, you hope for the best for the guy. But is he, is he going to be that pitcher that they thought that could be an ace at the top of the rotation? He hasn't shown that now because he didn't pitch well. I think he had a 675 ERA in the minor leagues before his injury. So he just hasn't been the same type of pitcher and also had this PED suspension now. And, you know, again, you get back to players and minor leaguers and prospects. That's why if you have a chance sometimes to go out and get that player, you know, prospects until they deliver on the major league level, they're still prospects. And we the Astros have been really fortunate in having the Alex Bregmans and the Carlos Correa's and even you know stretching back to when you know, Jose Altuve and then George Springer and, and Lance McCullers. I mean, really been great that way. But you also, by building up a great minor league system, it also gives you the ability, if you want to go out and add somebody, to go out and add someone. But then if, if you fall in love too much with your prospects, the other thing can happen, right? Where you get guys like A.J. Reed or you had a John Singleton before, you know, that they basically have almost zero value and you know, you have to, you know, just kind of take that one on the chin. It's interesting because remember, RG, the Astros made the Jared Cozart trade. And for a while, you were like, well, Jake Marisnik, he's just a fifth outfielder. And, and you got Colin Moran, and he's kind of looks disappointing at times. And we weren't really sure what was going to happen with him. But everybody's kind of excited about Martez. You're hearing all these reports and what a great arm he's got. And he's this young, super live arm. And that was the guy everybody was excited about. But when it's all said and done, Marisnik has helped you, including helping you, uh, you know, basically win a championship. Uh, you have uh, Colin Moran has helped you a lot because he helped get you Garrett Cole. Meanwhile, Francis Martez is right now looking like the, the least of the help of the three guys that you got the Jared Cozart deal. Yeah, and I mean, that's – isn't that – crazy how baseball is and Jared Cozart's not even in baseball anymore remember he was like oh that's a guy that you want to be able to go out and get uh you know or, or build around when he first came up and had that sensational debut with the, uh, the the Tampa Bay Rays and you know then yeah you flew all the way from California to Florida to interview him at spring training <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean you have uh you know you have that where he you know comes up and it's you know a, a sensation immediately and then is all of a sudden traded and, you know, what did they get for him? And, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, that, you know, Jake Marisnik, part of the World Series team in 2017, uh, you know, the Astros backup outfielder has been essential to this team over the the years uh, as, as a reserve. And then you also had, like you said, probably the big thing is that they were able to use Colin Moran 
who uh, to deal him as part of the Pittsburgh trade and in order to get Garrett Cole, you know, who's been was sensational in his as one year and coming up on a second year with the Astros, but pending free agent that still take that any day. And like you said, like Francis Martez is a guy that looked like, oh, this could be the potential top of the rotation ace guy that you build around. And instead, you know, his future is really uncertain. And, and out of those three guys, you know, is definitely the one that now might be you know, the least talked about. Now, interesting note here. I heard Jeff Luno in an interview say Jordan Alvarez is going to blossom into a future superstar. It was interesting to hear the Astros radio guys, RG, say Alvarez surprised them a little with his defense in left field, not known for that. It's interesting because he's the same age as Kyle Tucker. He also bats from the left side of the plate. I'm trying to figure out what Luno's going to do because he also has Derek Fisher. So you can't play all three guys in left field at Round Rock. I mean, I don't I don't think that's legal to do in AAA is to throw three guys out there in left field. Uh, have you thought about that at all? That's, it's going to be an interesting situation to see what they do with all those guys in Round Rock. I think that also he can – Jordan Alvarez can also play first base, you know. So he can play first base. He can play – in the outfield, and there's also DH down there too, so there are ways of... But it sounds like they want to get him some playing time in left field because they want to see if he could handle that at the major league level because... Well, the reason why is when you look at the outfield, right? If you look at, I mean, Michael Brantley, outfielder DH, but, you know, then you have George Springer... But Josh Reddick, and we've talked about this before, you know, he he started out, but if if he's doesn't kind of rebound and isn't able to hit and is, is giving you that kind of like if you want to be able to make or even a Tyler White, if he's not hitting at the DH spot, uh, you could, you know, bring up uh, Alvarez. And then he could also f- potentially next year when you're talking about like with Yuli Gurriel last year of contract, Josh Reddick last year of contract, you want to have that flexibility with your Jordan Alvarez, you know, maybe get his feet wet in the big, big leagues this year and then next year. You, you know, there'll be a place for him in the lineup. But I think that he is a big part of the Astros future because he's one of those underrated guys. He's somebody that's always been like top prospect that nobody ever really talks about. I mean, because it's always been Forrest Whitley and Kyle Tucker. Yeah. Forrest- oh, he's a top 100 guy for sure. Yeah. But it, Jordan Alvarez has always been there. But because, you know, he it, 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 they signed him uh, again, it, being from Cuba. And, and he was also acquired with a, in the Los Angeles Dodgers trade for uh, Josh Fields. I mean, again, that's remember Astros got home runs off of Josh Fields in the World Series, and now they get Jordan Alvarez from the Dodgers too. So that <laughs> turned out to be kind of a yeah. We talked about deals before. Uh, you're like, who's that? They got that deal. Oh, you know, just Jordan Alvarez, and then maybe he's a future superstar. But yeah, this is a guy that he's hit at every level, but he also has something with the power and the left-handed bat that the Astros can really use. And I'm, I know Jeff Luno's looking, and and he's you know, got stars in his eyes because he's seeing like, well, if Kyle Tucker can turn into that swing of Ted, the Ted Williams type swing, and then you got Jordan Alvarez over there. And then you, you know, you have your, your Bregman and your Correa and your Altuve still in there. And George Springer, if we sign all, I mean, he's already just enamored about that. If it can all come together and happen. And in the meantime, you know, you don't have to rush him because you have you know, Josh Reddick, you sign Michael Brantley to a two-year deal, total professional here. You have George Springer, you have Yuli Gurriel at first base. So, it, But there might be some ways because there are always injuries. Okay, let, 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 let me, before you, go, before you move on, I just, you know, I wish one of these left fielders could play right field because ideally you'd like to dump Josh Reddick's $13 million before next year because he's also 
owed a ton of money next year as well. So you could have that money for Verlander and Cole. You'd say, well, move Springer to right and play Brantley in center field, for example. But there's no guarantee they're going to be able to sign Springer this next offseason because he's also a free agent. The problem is you, you, all these guys are really good prospects. You know, when you're talking about Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, but none of them give you confidence that they can play much beyond left field. Yeah, you said now Alvarez maybe could play first base. Yeah, he's been a first baseman in the minor leagues but, too. But I want to keep Yuli as long as I can. And Kyle Tucker, as far as playing center field, he's looked like a not very good outfielder when we've seen him so far. He's got a lot of work to become but a good did, outfielder. Did you see what A.J. Hinch did this this uh, this spring training? Never in his 1,053 major league games has as uh, Michael Brantley played right field, but the Astros had him in right field. Hmm, just what you were saying right there, because they want to be able to have that versatility. They want their outfielders to play multiple positions. We know that George Springer can play right field, can play center field, can uh, you know, of course, can play left field. He can play any position. But the fact that they're putting Michael Brantley in right field, that Michael Brantley can DH. Uh, that, you know, the, I mean, the Astros want to have that versatile versatility. So, yes, if they do want to call up a Jordan Alvarez or they do want to call up a Kyle Tucker, that they can they can put him in left field or they, you know, and then they can move. If Again, it just depends. To me, it's a big season coming up for Josh Reddick because we saw last season his hitting statistics seem to be on the decline. He says that he's worked some things out. You hope that he has a good season ahead of him. He's a great clubhouse guy, great teammate, not trying to denigrate him there. But as we know, on the wrong side of 30 now, right? Uh, so, you know, it, it, are his statistics going to continue to decline? Is he going to have that offensive performance? Because if he doesn't, there are other guys waiting in the wings that could come up there and, and play. And, you know, maybe he just has part-time status. So I'll have to kind of see because I, I don't see Michael Brantley with bringing him over and the way that he hits. And if he's healthy, he's going to be in the lineup. And we know George Springer is going going to be in the lineup and Yuli Gurriel is going to be at first base. So it, you know, the flexibility will be in at the DH spot and at, you know, that, that right field position. If, if Josh Reddick doesn't come off and start hitting right out, out of the gate, I think that he needs to have, you know, he can't be hitting, you know, 210 or 220, even though he's a good patient hitter and draws walks and everything. I mean, the OBP down there, it's, it's, he's got to be able this season, you know, to get back up to being like, I think 250, 260 hitter gives you, drives in some runs, gives you some power. We talked about the Astros being healthy with the big guys, but Altuve has missed a couple of games since then. But Jeff Luno says nothing to see here. You'd be playing if it was a regular season. Don't worry about it. Correa, though, made an outstanding diving play, old school. Correa, old school, like I mean, like, you know, early last year, Correa or whatever. But that, so that was good to see. Uh, anything else that's jumped out for you with the Astros in spring training or around baseball over the last few days? I think what you kind of just mentioned there with Jose Altuve, the guys coming off, you know, the knee surgery last offseason, we know that the guy will answer the bell. He's a guy, he's a gamer. Look, he had surgery. We didn't even know how hurt he was in the postseason. He was still getting hits and doing all the things. And and then he was having surgery the next day when the season ended. So, you know, this guy's great, but it has to be a little bit concerning for you if he's already in spring training, having to sit out several games because of an injury. I know the manager, eh, he'd be in the lineup every day. Yeah, he would. But still, you don't want to see kind of like nagging injuries start to, to take a toll on your best, you know, arguably your best hitter. And then you have Carlos Correa, like you said, he's he's looked 
sensational in the spring and he's making changes to his routine in order to kind of prevent the back issues that he's had. But it's got to be worrisome, too, that, you know, that he had back issues last year, affected his mechanics, affected his play. Again, he looks great to start off the season. He's doing new things, new regimen. But, you know, that's got to be kind of a concern. So I think, you know, just watching the injuries and and then um you probably saw this note, too, but about the Alex Bregman, you know, didn't really like his contract renewal. So, I mean, we've been talking about this offseason. Who would be the one guy you'd want to, you know, put a long-term contract around if you could spend the Astros money? And it's been Alex Bregman. So you kind of hope that he can be satisfied. It's more a Major League Baseball type thing. You know, this is what you earn this year of service time. But still, sometimes, you know, teams can work out deals, multi-year deals do that. And the Astros just did the, the contract renewal, as was their right. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's, if you have a problem with it, Alex, I mean, I, that's one of these deals where you got to talk to your, I think you got to talk to your uh, players association because I think that's where the players association may may have done some bargaining and screwed themselves with all of this stuff, and that's what they're going to have to figure out because you know if you're the players, it, it's frustrating because with the six or seven years before you hit the free agency market, you're basically saying to the players. Uh, you better be playing really good and you better get up to the major leagues really young or you're probably not going to reap the benefits that you would hope from that free agency. And, and it's hard to blame the owners for taking advantage of this thing while they can. If the players want that rework, they're going to have to do it the next collective bargaining agreement, right? Where they, they find out they, they, you know, if they want to get players to free agency sooner or, you know, compensate it better. I mean, that's all stuff to be worked out in a collective bargaining agreement. But when you have this one and this is what the organizations can do, you know, I'm sure they'll talk extensions at the player, but they're not going to, they're going to do team friendly contacts, at least for the, the early portion, you know, to maybe buying out some free agency years. But a lot of players don't want to do that. They want to get to free agency as quickly as possible you know, so uh, it's just one of those things, like you said, next labor deal, when it comes up, that's when uh, changes can be made. And, you know, both sides are kind of like uh, it's like a, a duel in the old West. Right. You know, getting out ready, get get your shooters ready, get you know, pistols ready for the for the duel, because that's it, coming in baseball between the the owners and the players. Again, unfortunately, hopefully there won't be a labor stalemate. There's been baseball peace for Gosh, what, since the 1994 cancellation of the World Series for, for 25 years? And, you know, knock on wood, hopefully that continues because it's been great for the game. We know how bad and disastrous it was. But, you know, there's so many things, not only just the pace of the game and player contracts and the free agency. This is going to be a, a lot tougher negotiation, uh, I believe. I saw our friend Allison Footer had a random clubhouse sighting at uh, spring training. Former Astros pitcher Shane Reynolds was there. Uh, is that good? Is that a good thing to have Shane Reynolds at spring training? Yeah, I love seeing all the old Astros there. They bring them all back. You know, you know, Nolan Ryan with the organization. You got Craig Biggio. You got Jeff Bagwell out there being an instructor. Shane Reynolds. Hey, I mean, I'm fine with that. You know, keep 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 bringing in the old old guard. You know, with the new mixing it. That's what that's what being a family is about. You're an Astros family, right? So yeah, a lot of guys optioned out. I mean, it's not really news because we knew all these guys weren't going to last. But uh, you know, it was cut day at Astros camp yesterday. So you got Kyle Tucker and Rogelio Armentero, uh, Armenteros and Whitley and Corbin Martin and Bukowskis and Belak and Degati and all, all these guys are all reassigned. So, I mean, it, I mean, none, none of this is surprising. It's a good thing about RG when you're this good is, you know, this is, this stuff doesn't take you by surprise. Cause you're like, 
hey, we got a set roster and the set roster is set because they're really, really good. All these guys. Yeah, they're really good. And again, I mean, that's the thing that Jeff Luno doesn't have to make any kind of desperation moves right now. I can kind of see more like, okay, we'll we'll see what kind of team we have to begin the season. Or, hey, if somebody's price again, as we're recording this, it might change in a matter of minutes. Somebody will be saying, oh, my gosh, like that. You know, Dallas Keuchel's already signed or Craig Kimball's already signed. But, you know, I mean, you have those guys out there. They're still free agents. I don't know when Dallas Keuchel's going to be. This is a guy that you thought would be. He's got to build up innings for the season, correct? So even if you get him now, you know, he's not going to be ready really to to start the season, um, you know, getting his pitch count up there. So when you're that good of a team, like you said, with with Jeff Luno, you have the ability to kind of add on, like, the, the, the free agents that are still out there again, you know, and stuff, but you can also during the season, early part of the season, your, your, your roster set, you can kind of, but if there are any kind of positions of need, you'll have that flexibility to go ahead and get them before the trading deadline. So that's where the Astros are in a strong position. Also as a team that without obvious needs, it's like they can see as the season progresses, where to go out and find somebody. So like we were talking about with catcher beforehand. Yeah, they're just in a really good place right now. I mean, it's 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 really nice to be in the haves instead of the have-nots for sure. And, you know, the guy a guy that can remember the Astros being in the have-nots, Jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon. We got to wish Jimmy Wynn a happy birthday. Yesterday, uh, March the 12th, Jimmy Wynn turned 77 years old. Of course, this is somebody that goes back to the 1963 Colt 45s, and he played all those years with the Colt 45s and Astros till 1973. Here's a good trivia question for you, RG. Do you know what other teams that Jimmy Wynn played for after he left the Astros? Can you name, there's four of them. Can you name, let's say, two of them? <laughs> Well, I know the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, of course. The Dodgers, the Braves, the Yankees, and the Brewers. The Yankees and the Brewers in 1977, so he, he had a couple of teams there. But yeah, I, I remember I remember him with the Yankees as well, too. I was, um, yeah, but I mean, definitely the Dodgers when he w- was over there. You kind of forget when he was with the Braves there, too. Three all-star teams, only one of them, unfortunately, with the Astros. That When he was with the Dodgers, RG, in 74 and 75, he was on the all-star team both times, so... The Astros dealt him at just the wrong time, it looks like. Well, nothing nothing compares to dealing Joe Morgan at the wrong time. We basically, you know, turned into the, maybe the greatest second baseman of all time, and the Astros traded him, too. So Jimmy Wynn, and, yeah, I mean, that was that Speck Richardson GM period. I mean, we weren't old enough. We don't remember that or anything like that, but... You know, just going back in history, reading the history books, and when we had Tal Smith on, remember he talked about the Speck Richardson years, and they made some disastrous trades. That even Tal Tal Smith was walking in the halls of the Astros' offices, saying, "How? how why did we just trade Joe Morgan?" Remember when he talked to us about that? Hey, Joe Morgan went from maybe the greatest second baseman of all time to maybe he's the third best Astros second baseman of all time now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, with the well, look, look, I mean, Joe Morgan, Hall of Famer, he's with a big red machine. I mean, as much as we love Craig Biggio, he's a better second baseman than Craig Biggio. Like Jose Altuve, though, with his hits and all the things he's able to do and NL MVP, he'll at least at the end of his career, especially if he, you know, the way that he piles up hits, you know, if, if he gets a, you know, Jose Altuve, if he can stay healthy, seems like a kind of guy that would even play, you know, into his 40s, like an like an Ichiro. And Ichiro has over 4,000 hits and his his years of combining with uh, Major League Baseball and Japanese baseball. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I could see if you have those type of numbers and, you know, MVPs and World Series championship, then you get into the the Joe Morgan talk. But to me, he's like Morgan's like, I mean, one of the greatest second basemen of all time. If you go back to the Astros Classic podcast in the archives, it's called Astros Classic. There's a few minutes with Jimmy Wynn in that podcast. There's a few minutes with a bunch of different ex-Astros players. It's really cool. Go check that out. Hit a lot of good stuff. And, and Jimmy, you know, his health is... Uh, pretty shaky so I'm I'm glad to see you know he's still around and he can still you know be around the Astros organization and stuff like that because he's always been very involved with the Astros you know off the field and he's been involved with the Astros when they have reunions and they have get-togethers Jimmy's always there such a nice guy never heard a, a bad word about Jimmy Wynn so uh, again happy birthday to Jimmy Wynn the toy cannon the toy cannon absolutely one of the great nicknames of all time. That's all we got for this one. Uh, just a reminder, again, uh, we've mentioned this a couple of times, but uh, Spotify, we're on Spotify right now. So another way you can listen to the podcast, go check us out. If you haven't heard us before, you can subscribe and there's a whole archive of great stuff. Go check us out and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Max Friedman. And I'm Eli Blackwood. We're hosts of Tackling the Texans, brought to you by the Pulse Podcast Network. If you love the Houston Sports Talk podcast, then you should go ahead and listen to our weekly podcast where we talk about everything exciting around the NFL and what it means for Houston. We keep you updated on all things Texans with interesting debates and hot takes, making sure to bring on NFL experts from around the industry to keep you connected. Subscribe to Tackling the Texans on Apple Podcasts or give us a listen on any available platforms.